podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What a beautiful break that was from Derby County. And one chop cheated Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. Hello and welcome to Steve Bloomer's Washing, your independent Derby County fans podcast. Uh, my name is Richard Kutcher and I am with you straight back from a long day at Coventry City away with a couple of the boys. Chris is having a long weekend off. I believe it's his birthday. Chris, it was my birthday too, but I am here. Happy birthday, Kutch. Thank you, Anton, and uh, I'll, I'll bring you in. Thank you for saying you're here. Um, so, yeah, we've just come back from, uh, I think it's the Coventry Building Society Arena, the CBS Arena. Um, <laughs> what a name. <laughs> what a name, and a, a really good, you know, really entertaining day out, and we'll come on to that in a second. But, uh, Anton, first of all, how you been? How you feeling? Curried up? Being I'm, up? I'm good. Sorry for um, gate crashing my intro, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing very well. What a day. Great day, Tom. Yeah, many happy returns, Coach, for your birthday yesterday. And um, I'm glad that we finally got through that intro. It took us about seven takes. So <laughs> <laughs> basically, Coach said a word and we just cracked up. Many a beer has been drunk on this day. So. Yeah, it's been... Look, and let's get into that, actually, because it has been... Um, well, talking of beer, first of all, of course, uh, Steve Burns Washington is supported by Derby Brewing Company. And we've been having quite a few DBC beers today uh, on the train on the way up and now uh, in the evening as well. And the first of all, I mean... Chris and I have been to a couple of home games this season, but that was my first away game this season and, by definition, my first away game since the pandemic. Um, Tom, when we did get the equaliser, you were you were quite emotional in that in that away end. <laughs> how, how was it for you? I bloody loved it. Scored a goal, didn't we? I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm actually crying at the moment, but that's more from laughter. So I think there were a couple of tears in the eye as I, I, I like I, grabbed you and my brother and just like hugged you to like death and like shouted and screamed whatever. I, I, I definitely saw a tear like dripping down your cheek. Uh, <laughs> there was during the celebrations. It, uh, who who wouldn't cry if Shinny scored? Before we get too much detail into the, into the game itself, because it was it was a really good game actually. I thought um, to be to be there for. Um, but just being at an away game, Anton, like what? How did that feel? Well, we we did the usual thing. We met up early. We had a few beers on the train. Uh, we went to some interesting pubs in Coventry. Mm. Um, it was it was just you know for us. I know it's not the first away game of the season, but for us, it was our first away game of the season. It just felt like football's back. Yeah, I mean Coventry was um, kind of less good, and the and the pubs that we went to, or the the pub that we went to, was uh, probably not the highlight. But just just being. On the train, drinking some beers, chatting some football. It was, it was, it was, it was, quite, it was quite emotional, nostalgic, and it was just so good to be back. And and with three and a half thousand Derby fans in the away end, we we couldn't have asked for a better, better game to go to. I don't think because the the atmosphere was great. I mean, we, we were saying the home fans were really good as well. They played yeah, their part absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the the scenes when when Shinny did get that equaliser was just yeah. And just seeing you know just doing the whole away day thing of seeing other fans on the train and seeing a few Derby fans on the train and giving them a nod and seeing fans mm-hmm. going in different directions. That's always quite nice going from London. You see different fans changing through or, or going in different directions. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, when we came back into London, uh, we arrived back at about sort of, I know, quarter past eight or something like that. Uh, sorry, quarter past seven, half seven. And then there were a load of Stoke fans coming back up the train, uh, going to, from Euston up to Stoke. And they'd uh, been at Millwall today and they were 
good voice even though they lost so yeah I think that's that's the thing that we've missed so much and I think that's the uh, that's the part of it isn't it we got up in the morning we're messaging about like what we're going to be doing on the train and like the beers we're going to be drinking and we had a chat about the bets and my brother abused me for having like a paper betting slip which I was like this is the first time I've had a paper betting slip since 2009. Have you heard of a, an app Tom? Yeah I've got a William Hill account <laughs> mate don't worry about it but um, other betting other betting facilities are available by the way but um, I've got a William Hill account and it's got plenty of money in it because I won the uh, last bet I placed on it but that was in the last lockdown. All right, so. all right. So, all right. Let's talk about the football then, because it it was a it was a good game. It wasn't a game of lots and lots of chances, but uh, Derby did get a point away from home at Coventry City. Chris tells me on WhatsApp that before today, Coventry had a hundred percent home record, which I hadn't realised before the game. Six wins out of six before the Rams came to town. Um, so that that's something definitely to be to be proud of. Five games unbeaten for Derby as well. Um, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because we, we went through a phase of keeping clean sheets. I know today was a penalty, and we'll come on to that. But it seems like we just can't we can't get that win because I feel like we have deserved more points in the last few games. Yeah, I, I would say that um, we've we've certainly deserved at least one win from the last few games. But I thought today, I don't think we did enough for a victory. I, I would say Coventry were the better team and, and we were sailing on the train back. Had we come away with no points from that game, it wouldn't have been that surprising or that disappointing, to be honest. So one point was, was certainly a good outcome from today. But I mean, looking at the, the looting game midweek and, and some of the past games, we could have easily picked up three points at some point. It's the classic thing about football, isn't it? It's You never quite get what you deserve and sometimes you get a point that you don't deserve and sometimes you get a point that you do deserve and you should have maybe had three uh, against Luton. Arguably, we maybe should have won that game, certainly would have done had uh, also not made a clangor in the late... Uh, late on and today we could have lost that game but also I think we could have won it and it was um it was just a good a good game of football and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it what 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 went wrong in that first half then because it, it's fair to say that we weren't on it in the first half uh, we I think we put one board across the six yard box in the first few minutes and that was about it in the first half and Coventry just seemed a bit sharper they seemed to have more intent we, we seemed to be a bit slow on the ball we didn't really get the ball moving forward quickly enough into the front players what what was it was it was it lack of desire? Was it sloppiness? Was it Coventry outthinking us, being better tactical game plan? Yeah, I thought um, I thought the number ten O'Hare was really lively in in between uh, the lines of especially sort of supporting the forward two of Godden, uh, and I'm not sure I had to pronounce his name. I think it's a Gakiris Urakis Urakis. There you go. Um, O'Hare was really good, and he kept picking up the space in between uh, the midfield and defence. Uh, Jagielka and Davis couldn't get out there. Uh, to press him, uh, Shinny and Bird weren't able to close him down enough. So Josviak was shutting down the going to the wide man, who I think was Darbo, um, and O'Hare would just pick the inside ball up and then just knock it out wide. And then Buchanan was having to either go out or Josviak was having to track back, but they were too slow to do it. Yeah, um, and they were just getting so much joy. They were seemed to be playing like a five-three-two. Uh, with Matson on the left-hand side and Darbo on the right-hand side, and I thought they were really effective in the first half and and were caused a lot of trouble without actually having too many shots on goal. One good save from Bruce, I'd say. The the main difference really was the wide areas in the first half. They they were exploiting them really well, and and as you as you mentioned, Josviak and Buchanan didn't kind of take ownership of of who was marking who on on that left side certainly and and we weren't using the wide areas yeah. very well we yeah. we had a lot of space we we could see it from the stand on the right hand side in particular 
um, Ebersali and Byrne, there, there were multiple times where they had so much space on the right hand side, but we were just far too slow yeah. getting it across. Do you think we could have matched them up, Tom? Because we have played 3 5 2 or 5 3 2 this season. You know, Josvac, we know Josvac can play right wing back. We see him play it for Poland. We've got Buchanan can easily play left wing back. You've mm. got three centre backs, Morrison, Burden. We were missing Knight. I think we missed Knight big time today. We missed his Definitely. energy. Could could we have maybe done something different in that first half? Maybe, but then we'd obviously set up a game plan which eventually did work. And I don't, I don't actually think we, we. I think for the second half, for example, we we pushed a little bit further up the pitch and tried to push the the wider players further up the pitch. So it almost looked a bit more like a four three three. But I wasn't I wasn't too sure about the tactical shape we changed to. But it certainly was more effective in the second half. In the first half, I thought it was just I thought there was just too much of a gap between defence and midfield, and there was a lack of communication, decision making. Buchanan wanted Jozwiak to do the job on the wide wide man, and Jozwiak wanted Buchanan to do the job, and there wasn't the decision making there. I, d- I don't think we necessarily changed the shape that much second half we, we were just moving the ball much quicker because the, the, the spaces were there and we we we, we could we, we were creating opportunities in the first half but we just weren't moving it quick enough there were multiple times where I mean we, we called out Ravel Morrison a few times yeah. and oh, yeah. t- taking too many touches taking too long on the ball I think there were probably others at fault as well where there was a clear switch on or, or a clear opportunity to play in Burn or Ebersaley on the right hand right hand side and it just didn't happen quick enough whereas second half Morrison like in, in fairness to him like did did start playing that ball quicker and, and others did do so as well and, yeah. and we looked much more threatening I think it took Morrison 65 minutes to get into the game yeah. I thought he was really really poor in the first half and he um, he wanted too many, too much time on the ball and then it was two or three touches when it needed to be one or two touches and uh, he got caught on the ball one time down the right hand side and then uh, Burn had to make a fantastic saving tackle which then uh, let the ball break uh, into the middle and uh, Keller Roos made a decent save down to his right hand side and to be fair that was the only real chance that Coventry had apart from obviously the penalty uh, that they scored and uh, whilst they dominated in that first half I did think Derby were, were stoic and solid in defence and uh, headed and kicked everything away but I thought Morrison going forward too too slow and uh, his decision making wasn't good enough today so I, I agree, completely agree with you on Morrison I think I found him particularly frustrating in that first half I thought Tom Lawrence had a very poor first half first 60 minutes as well I thought he only came to life a bit more when, when CKR came on and we'll come on to his impact in in a second but in terms of the positives Curtis Davis I mean Phil Jagger Phil Jagger as well did nothing wrong but I thought Kurt Dave, Curtis Davis specifically he every time the ball came into the forwards he was just winning it winning it winning it that first half he picked so many he, 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 he was so, reading it really well he was reading well, the right? game really well yeah. I thought Max Bird looked great throughout the whole match I thought Max Bird was our best player in the first half particularly he was doing what Morrison wasn't doing he was getting it giving it I know people don't find Max Bird always positive enough but I don't think I saw him give the ball away. I, I think this season he's he's really changed his game in terms of his positivity. I, I think he was criticised quite a lot last season about playing it sideways and safe too much. But this season, I I I have seen a noticeable difference. And today, I thought he's. You said he was our best player in the first half. I, I would say he was our best player throughout the whole game. And and maybe our best player this season so yeah. far I think most consistent player this season yeah, yeah. Uh, but him and Curtis Davis I thought were great today and uh, again going back to the whole season I'd say that goes across the whole season as well they've both been brilliant the the bit for Bird for me the, the thing that he was doing was getting into the nice spaces on the edge of the box did it a lot more in the second half but he did it once after about five or six minutes and he just like, took a touch and just waited and allowed the commentary players to like try and predict what he was going to do and then just slipped in Buchanan and um, I initially thought I have to say Buchanan's 
ball wasn't good enough. But actually, maybe Lawrence should have been attacking that middle of the goal and we'd have scored after that five minutes. Uh, I thought we started really brightly and then we fell away big time in that first half and um, we were fortunate to go in 1-0. Well, well, let's look then. Let's talk about that first goal then, uh, or that goal then for Coventry City. Uh, Lee Buchanan, uh, a judge to have brought down Matt Godden. Matt Godden then converted the penalty in front of the away end. Uh, Antoine, at the time, we, we weren't ex- entirely sure what happened, but did it look a penalty to you? Yeah, so my, my gut looking from the stand was that it was a penalty. There were a few few people around us who weren't as convinced and we were we were talking to um on, on, on the train home and um apparently Rams T V were were less convinced as well. But we, we watched it back on the highlights and I'm I'm still fairly sure it was it's a penalty. It's a stonewall penalty. I mean, if you don't get given those penalties and the referee's not doing his job properly, like there's there's contact there and if there's not then there's definitely an impeding of the of his progress and I think it's a penalty so I have no complaints whatsoever for that and what a great penalty by the way I mean it was a good penalty, the, the yeah. ball gets stuck I, in the I, net I, I actually I actually quite fancied Keller Roos yeah. in the build up to that yeah. penalty he was he was kind of trying to yeah. make it make his mark kind of put put off the, the penalty taker he looks quite big in goal as well I, was, I actually quite fancied him for a penalty but um, yeah it was a very good penalty so he went in, as you said, Tom, uh, 1-0 down, prob- probably on the balance, of, maybe on the balance of play, deserved 1-0 down. But as you said, Coventry didn't really create that much. And it, in total, they had 11 shots on goal, three shots on target. Derby had seven shots, one shot on target. Coventry had four corners. I seem to remember Coventry having a lot of free kicks in that game. But mm. one thing that has impressed us all, I think, and the whole fan base, is we don't look like we're going to concede from set pieces yeah there was uh, there was one set piece in the first half where uh, one of the commentary players like, got free there was a lot of like argy-bargy in the box and it, it seemed that he got free to the front post and uh, flicked the ball wide there was another one which was a flicked header which went into the side netting um, but generally they were they were both covered uh, quite well by the Derby defence and the rest of the corners were were fairly innocuous so I think Derby look a lot better and uh, I don't feel I don't feel a nervous energy when like someone's putting a cross into the box suddenly and I hope touching wood there long may that continue because um, it seems that Curtis Davis and Jagielka have formed a good relationship at the back and uh, Byrne and Buchanan or Forsyth or whoever comes in at the back as well like, they're, they're defending the defending the box well a bit like um, how it was under Gary Varrett I think a few years ago and I, I feel a lot less nervous when the ball comes towards the Derby area So in the second half then Derby did uh, wrestle back some control of the game and, and I think even if you're not convinced that Derby deserved to get the equaliser, they were certainly starting to build some pressure. And uh, Liam Rossinia, who was on the touchline in place of Wayne Rooney, who was ill, um, did make two changes. Uh, Kazim Richards came on for Ebersele in the 62nd minute, uh, but earlier Louis Sibley came on for Kamal Juzvac, who I thought was pretty anonymous actually in the game up until that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 54th minute, Louis Sibley came on for him, and I thought both those changes had. And it, a real impact, um, Anton. How much? How much of a difference do you think Colin Cousin Richards made? It's good to see him back on the pitch, isn't it? A, a huge difference, and yeah, definitely good to see him back on the pitch. I mean, you, you say Yuzviak was anonymous. I, I would probably say the same about all of the front four in the yeah, first half. Yeah. Um, I I really liked the the false nine system on Tuesday against Luton and and it's it's worked really well in the past as well against Forest it worked well with with Lawrence up front but it, it just wasn't working at all today and and no one was really getting in the game so we we definitely needed a change um CKR 
is not fit enough for a full 90 minutes at the moment. I'm not sure he's even fit enough for 45 minutes, but we looked such a better team when he came on and, and he was really the driving force in us uh, performing better in the second half. So Tom, how exactly did he hit the post from that that chip through ball? Because we've watched it back now three or four times. We saw it live and we were convinced it was going in and we just watched it back and we can't quite work out. Was he just stepping forward and it hit his foot or was it a fantastic finish which didn't quite come off? Lovely, lovely move forward just to give the well, defender yeah, the, a bit nudge. of a nudge and then uh, drop back off, took great chest of the ball and then he uh, seemed to try, sort of swing a leg. Like looking at it, I, I don't know whether the commentary player, like there's a, maybe a little touch. I'm not saying it's a penalty or anything like that. I'm definitely not saying that. Um, but it just seems that, it seems that he stumbles a little bit and therefore he stubs his foot into the floor uh, and as a result, it comes off his, his foot at a really weird angle and it sort of creeps towards the goal and I, I thought it was going so far wide and the goalkeeper dived late because he wasn't expecting it and then it, it was like hang on a second that's going in and then it hit the post and I was like it's going to roll across the line and go in and it bounced back out I, I've got no idea how he didn't score but I've also got no idea how he almost scored at the same yeah. time it, it was a really weird one watching it in the crowd because like it wasn't a shot, really. <laughs> and, then, and then it just suddenly started rolling towards the goal and it hit the post, but it came from nowhere, really. Did today epitomise what CKR brings a team outside of an extra goal threat, which obviously mm. we do desperately need, a, a goal threat in the penalty box and the six-yard box. But the, the ball he played to Nathan Byrne, who, by the way, Nathan Byrne made a fantastic lung-busting, what, 50-yard run in the 85th yeah. minute to, to do that. But Kazim Richards did exactly what Lawrence and Ravel Morrison did not do earlier in the game. Simple one-touch pass. Wasn't he outside the boot? He used his left foot, just played it into the path of Nathan Byrne. Nathan Byrne's cross was deflected, so there's a little bit of luck there. But Graham Chinney, as I mentioned to you on the train, numerous times was in that position on the edge of the box waiting for that drop down, and it dropped to him, and he nailed it in. But did, did CKR in that one moment and a couple of other moments show just what difference he brings the team but we haven't got anyone else that can do that absolutely CKR is a focal point and he he brought that Derby team 5-10 yards further up the pitch and allowed us to go long and it allowed the ball to stick to him Lawrence wasn't staying up the pitch and therefore allowed Coventry to squeeze the space and what CKR was doing was like sitting on the last man and he would win the ball or he'd challenge for the ball or he'd, um, he'd, he'd put the Coventry defenders under pressure so when the knockdowns went down uh, were put into the midfield someone like Sibley who I thought was energetic when he came on and I, I have to say Jozviak, Morrison, Lawrence, any of those three could have come off and it was Jozviak that was uh, yeah. hooked off and probably rightly so, but any three of those could have come off and Sibley, I thought, did a good job. CKR provided a focal point. We were five or six times better than what we had been in the previous 55 minutes before Sibley came on and then five or six times better again when uh, CKR came on on, what, the 62nd, 63rd minute? I, I think it's good to have options, though. Like We, we looked really good when CKR came on today and, and he was a focal point in that number nine position but there will be games that we play and in, in, in oppositions that we face that the false nine is the most suitable option so having different systems that we can play means that we're, we're much harder to set up against and, and harder, a harder team to beat basically so um, have, having both options is a really good place to be. Tom we touched on it right at the beginning but when that when that net did bulge and Graham Shinney, I think Graham Shinney had quite an emotional celebration, actually. I think it's his first goal of the season. Um, just just tell me, well, one, just how good it, did it feel to see us score a goal? Have you, have you been there on the road? And how does it compare to other, maybe, away day Atmos that we've experienced previously? Yeah, I mean, the last game that we went to was Luton away in January 2020. Well, last time I went to was Luton away, January 2020. So, I mean... Um, 
yeah, seeing that ball go across and burn, and it all seemed to sort of go into slow motion. I think like it felt that me and my brother standing next to each other, like almost grabbed hold of one another. I'm like, go on, <laughs> yeah. hit it. Yeah, and you... it, he took the chest down and it sort of went slow motion and he hit it. And I was like, keeper's got a chance here. And the keeper got a hand to it and it went in. And like, the suddenly like me, you and uh, and my brother were like absolutely all over the place. And I think Anton, you almost fell back about two rows. Yeah, yeah. Th- um, thanks to whoever was behind me because I think he <laughs> held me up at one point. The London, <laughs> the London brides were holding you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was it was so, it was so good, and it's that it's that sort of raw emotion. And I remember the first time like I watched game of football and saw a goal, I was like, I wanted to bottle that feeling up because there's nothing better in the world than like watching like pure joy at a sporting occasion. It can be a wicket in the cricket, it can be a goal for a team that you're supporting. But actually, I think the whole club v country sort of thing for me, I'm always going to be a club man and always want to. I'd rather see Derby win the Premier League or the Champions League than England winning the World Cup I think and that, the reason for that is because I'm so much more emotionally invested in a Derby County team because it's 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 mine and it's grown niche grown up with it yeah. yeah whereas England is I know it's everybody's and it's nice if, how good would the Euros but I do think then there's an element of like yeah this is Derby County and this is no one understands what it was like to celebrate that that goal at Coventry apart from all the Derby County fans the people that you go to work with on a Monday they don't quite get it if they, unless they've been to a game similar and they've scored an away goal and it's like that emotion is something that you can only experience by going to a game and for the last 18 months two years we haven't been able to go to games um, or it's been very difficult to go to games and the um, the atmosphere hasn't been the same and like that was what was so emotional today it was like seeing Graham Shinney bury that ball I was like yes get in <laughs> yeah I, I have to say it's it's got to be up there in terms of away goal atmospheres for me I mean we, we were chatting about it a bit on the train on the way back we, we mentioned Palace in the FA Cup which was actually the last away game that we well me, me and you Tom went to um, that was a really good atmosphere in that away end Chris Martin with the goal um, it was definitely up there today. for me, for me I, I, I'm struggling to think and I, you, I know everyone knows that I've got an awful memory and we haven't seen <laughs> We haven't seen that many great equalisers or winners in the last minute away from home uh, as a Derby fan. Well, not when I've been there anyway. The, the one that springs to mind, it was quite a bit later, it was interesting time, was Tito Villa at Birmingham City. Yeah. Um, obviously at, at St Andrews away from home. I think that was injury time. And uh, I lost my glasses underneath the tarpaulin. Well, we it's... almost scored a winner cut and you couldn't see. You were like, what's going on? I was like, Kenny Miller's going to score. And he didn't. <laughs> he's rubbish. St Andrews does have history, actually, of, of good away days. A- another one that I remember was the 3-0, I think it was. Uh, in must have been G- Gary Rowett 2018 when, when Vidra scored two. That was a really good atmosphere on the away end. And it, it, it really felt like a bit of a promotion season at that point. Yeah. Other good away draws. Craig Brighton's volley at Fulham. Yeah, I think uh, Vidra's goal against Fulham, I think it was a 5.30 kickoff. So it always makes it a little bit more special when it's under the lights. Uh, late on, um, it must have been like October, November time. We scored just after half time. And it was like, because there was a big gap in front of us, I think I fell about four rows forward. Great. Well, in the second half, we will have a quick chat about the Luton home draw. And also reflect on the fact that Derby have had just 12 different goal scorers, having only scored 14 goals so far this season. And of course, a classic game of win, lose or schnorr. Hi, I'm Paolo Wanchop and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washington. Martin, Hughes, collecting really well and what a great ball that is for Hendrik! A sublime Derby County fourth! 
Elements of magic in the build-up and a second for Hendrik. Welcome back to Steve Bloomer's Washing. Just back from a fantastic away day at Coventry and a, a good, hard, well-earned point as well. But in the midweek, if uh, if today was maybe a point gained, was Tuesday night two points dropped, do you think, Anton against Luton? Taking the lead twice, having had such a great defensive record, was it disappointing to concede two sloppy goals? Definitely. I mean, especially after scoring two goals which seemed like a world away um a few weeks ago to to come out of that game not picking up three points was was a real disappointment and and especially with the manner of the goals as well we we played really well i thought especially going forward the the front four i I kind of touched upon earlier the the false nine system worked really well it was really kind of fluid um, between those forward players, I, th- I thought Tom Lawrence did a really good job in that number nine position. Scored a really good goal as well. Jason Knight had a had a great game. I, I thought we missed him quite a lot today. His his running, yeah. Um, and it was the the classic individual errors which came back to haunt us in the end, which we, which we've we've not seen much of this season in fairness. Yeah. But having scored two goals and played really well, it, it definitely was three points uh, missed. Tom, I know Jason Knight obviously was missing today at Coventry, but he obviously had a huge impact on the match midweek on Tuesday. Assist for Tom Lawrence, a goal himself. I thought the goal was actually a classic Jason Knight goal. I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but the keeper probably should have done better. But Jason Knight puts his head down and he hits it on target and he, he makes the keeper try and make a save. And I think he's got that level of cutting edge sometimes going forward he's a, he's a proper he so reminds me of Jeff Hendrick J- Jason Knight he's probably got a little bit more gas than, than Jeff Hendrick but he's so busy he's he's proper old school box to box and I think I think we he's got a little bit more quality in Je- than Graham Shinney as well particularly in in the final third and I just think it's so it's so good when you see a player like that come back from injury and work his way back 20 minutes off the bench then he gets a start and then he starts having an impact and he starts scores a goal makes an assist how good is it to see him back on the pitch? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been brilliant to see him back on the pitch. And I always think that the uh, the Jeff Hendrick comparison is almost a bit lazy, but actually it's, it's really true at and the same Irish. time. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's that thing, isn't it? It's like, oh, we've got a centre midfielder who scores the odd goal and is quite energetic and is a bit box-to-box and is Irish, therefore he's Jeff Hendrick. But actually... The, the comparison is, is very very much there and I think he has such a big impact on the Derby team and we really lacked his energy in the first half today and um, if I think with uh, Jason Knight in the uh, team I think we'd have probably picked up three points had he have, um, had he been able to, uh, been available to play but he wasn't so therefore we didn't and I thought he was a, a, had a great impact on the Luton game a lovely set up for Lawrence who finished it really nicely into the bottom right hand corner and then uh, as you say the goalkeeper I think it's Simon Sluger in goal for Luton He's he's a great goalkeeper at times, but then he's also a complete clown at times as well. So uh, I think it's not just Derby that have uh, terrible goalkeepers from time to time. Strangely, with with Jason Knight, I I almost feel like the injury that he's had at the start of the season has almost done him a bit of good in terms of how much energy he's had yeah. coming back from that injury. Because I mean, you, you look at him last season; he was so good at, at probably the first six months of the season when it when he had. Like just bags of energy and he, and he really kind of brought so much to the team and in that COVID season he he, he did feel like he, he kind of burnt out towards the end and it was just too much for him so having a little bit of time off and, and kind of bit of time to recover from that injury has really brought the best out of him again Ho- hopefully this injury minor knock that he's got isn't 
keeping about too long so I think he's really kind of brought, brought the best out of him again this season yeah and I think when with Max Bird and the form he's in and with Graham Trini always delivers what Graham Trini delivers I think he has very very few poor games and with Jason Knight back in back in fitness and back in form for me that is a midfield free that can work I think we questioned last season if it, if it can work if there's enough dynamism there but with Max Bird you know up in his confidence as we've already spoken about playing it forward more also just being very neat and tidy and being very um yeah just accurate with his passing and then the dynamism that Jason Mike Jason Knight can bring of course we've got Ravel Morrison that brings something a bit different and he can be a bit hot and cold he can play in further four positions and hopefully at some point in the next month or so we might have Christian Bielik coming back but if we can keep for me if we can keep Knight Shinny and Bird all fit that's always a good a good core three in midfield yeah absolutely and I think the the, the realistic thing is is that in January someone is probably going to have to be sold uh, and I really hope it's not Jason Knight because without Jason Knight, it gives away all of our chances for me of us staying up. And there's still that faint hope, isn't there, while we're four or five points adrift of the uh, the bottom four. Whereas if we've got Jason Knight in that team, I think it's um, it's suddenly a, a, a much better team than where, where we're currently placed and a, a team that's potential to, to keep us up. So um, as you say, with Morrison, he drifted out to the right-hand side and Sibley out to the left. And I think if you'd have had, uh, had Knight in there in behind, uh, instead of maybe sort of Bird or, or Shinny in the in the second half, that it had driven us on again. And I know Shinny scored the goal today, but um, got a lot of time for Knight's uh, Knight's ability. I mean, it's it's a nice problem to have, though, isn't it? Because you you got Christian Bilic coming back hopefully in in the next month or two. But you look at those two who are playing in the the centre midfield positions at the moment in in Bird and Shinny, and it's difficult to know who to drop out of those two so have, having three plus Knight plus Morrison we're, we're, we've got some really good options in, in the middle of the park at the moment some really good options in the middle of the park um, we've got options in the number one goalkeeping position they seem to be throwing it away to each other to a, to a degree I mean that might be harsh because I think Keller Roos has actually done quite well this season mm-hmm. and um, obviously he only came out through suspension and Ryan Olsen did do well and then he obviously dropped an absolute clangor for me that's one of the worst mistakes I've seen for Derby Grounds goalkeeper for a couple of years and that is saying something it was a uh, bit like the Roos playoff final it was yeah it was a bit like the, I, yeah, it was a bit I don't like think it's as bad as that well, yeah, it was against Luton at home in the middle of the season. It wasn't at Wembley. No, John McGinn didn't have to jump, did he, against Roos? At least uh, Adebayo did jump. But Ryan Walsop today was completely dropped from the squad. Mm. Um, Marshall was on the bench. I don't know if that was Marshall's first appearance on the bench, but most of the season Marshall has been number mm. three. Rooney has said before about the goalkeepers, if they're, if they're playing well, they'll keep the shirt. Obviously, yeah. Ryan, Olsen, Ryan Olsop was playing well. He kept the shirt while Roos was suspended. He's then made that mistake, but he's been completely cut out. Was that the right decision? Where Where are you on the goalkeepers? For me, Keller Roos uh, deserves to be number one right now. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. We we talked about this in the last pod, and we said like we don't know who the best goalkeeper is out of Roos and uh, Alsop. And I can imagine that Roos will make an error in about two games' time, and then we'll be like, right, let's have Marshall have a go, and Marshall will have a good game. Like Roos was good today. He was uh, solid. Came claimed a couple of crosses, um, made a good save, and then was generally generally all right so he wasn't really tested I mean you know what he's capable of he's capable of that that error and I think Alsop is capable of that error and as you say Alsop had a, a good few few games he kept I think three clean sheets on the bounce and then had a bit of a horrendous moment against uh, Luton on a Tuesday night last, uh, last week and as a result he's out the squad I mean that's just the cutthroat nature of things and it's, um, 
we're not necessarily blessed with a load of depth, but we have got depth in goal. I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say there's a standout goalkeeper there. Yeah, they've got depth, but it's not quality depth. Like I could, they could sign me and have extra depth for goal. It doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we'd rather keep you on the bench, Coach. Tom, you happy? Um, Anton, you happy with kind of losing goal? I think judging on on kind of the the longer term performances I, I i would agree to say that he probably is is just about number one i, I don't think there's a standout candidate I, um but I, I think that the longer term season number one will be calories so derby after today's draw away at Coventry, find themselves six points now off safety off cardiff city in, in 21st place tom if we're if we're putting aside the potential more or less points deducted let's just take the situation as it is now 14 games played as i said six points from safety um we've got blackburn coming up we've also got games against barnsley and millwall as well which i think are big a big games um coming up are you after today's uh result and performance are you more or less confident about derby's chances of survival but Derby have played exceptionally well this season and considering where we were in July, we where we had like less than 11 players at one stage and then we've managed to cobble together a squad and that squad is really together. I'm, I'm really proud and impressed of how well the Derby team are playing uh, and the Derby squad are playing. Um, that said, today, great performance. Very impressed with the way we played in the second half. Um, I am hopeful I'm not confident of us staying up. I just think we lack that quality and there's too many points deductions that are maybe coming our way. And if we don't if we don't win the appeal for the 12-point deduction and then something else gets thrown at us, I think we're definitely down. Uh, if we win the appeal and we get that, the 12 points reduced to six points, I think we're, we're going to stay up. But uh, I think there's too many sort of ifs and buts. And if we get taken over and then there's some money to invest in the centre-forward so we can score some goals, uh, yeah, I think we'll stay up as well. There's enough quality in this team, basically, to stay up. Um, I just think it's too it's going to be too much of a mountain to climb and it's not for on the field issues it's for off the field issues it's a poor division isn't it Anton I think we said it for a couple of years now people keep saying mm. championship gets better it's not getting better the championship <laughs> has not got better the last couple of years three teams every year get better the teams that come down yeah I, but I, there is there is some bang average stuff in that division I do feel like we just say that every year though so maybe the championship is just quite an average division yeah. generally yeah. but yeah <laughs> I, I think yeah I as you say, Tom, like 12 points, I think I'm not confident of overcoming 12 points, but I'm optimistic that it is possible. Anything more than that is is going to be very tricky, but you can have nothing. The the word pride that, that you mentioned is the one that you can have really about this team. You can be nothing but proud about how they're they're kind of fighting for the cause and, and how they're coming up against this challenge. And um, as long as they keep fighting in the way that they're doing at the moment, we're, we're in for chance. And I think that's it. If we have a 12-point deduction, I think we'll take the, take the season into April, uh, sort of mid to late April at least. Uh, I don't think we're going to collapse and like fall away completely. Six points is a big gap, but it's not un- insurmountable. Um, and what I also love is the fact that despite the challenges and the difficulties we had in the first half today, we kept trying to play the way that Rooney wants us to play. We kept yeah. playing the ball short. And whether you agree with that or not, 
uh, and there were arguments for and against and there were plenty of fans who were like just get the ball forward stop, fa- stop faffing around with it but actually the fact that we did play the ball short we did continue to pass we did continue to move the ball around and it didn't work for the first 60 minutes but then it did work when we had the focal point of Colin Kazan Richards on there that's what got us the point today because that's how we play and that's what we do so if we continue to play like that and we have luck with injuries and we maybe are able to get some investment having been taken over by January and there's lots of ifs and buts and um, I'm hopeful we can we can challenge to stay up but I do think realistically I am preparing for the trip to Lincoln and the trip to Fleetwood next year. Okay well on that cheerful note Tom I think you've got a quiz for us as ever we'll end the SBW episode with a bit of quiz and we're going to play a game of uh, Chris Parsons very own trademarked win lose or snore. Yeah, indeed. And a big shout out to Ben, who uh, we got the train back. Ben from Pimlico. Uh, we had a thoroughly good chat with him. Pimlico uh, Ben? Pimlico Ben, as we're now going to call him. His girlfriend won't believe him that he's on, been mentioned on the pod. Well, Mrs. Ben from Pimlico. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ben from Pimlico's game. Uh, and he came up with the teams that we're going to have the uh, selections for win, lose or snore today. Uh, so great to meet you, Ben. And hopefully we'll have a part of you in the future. Um, so as you probably know, regular l- listeners, I'm going to give a game and a date. And Anton and Kutch have to guess whether Derby won, they lost or they snored on that particular game. So the first game is Plymouth Argyle. The 18th of October 2008, 28,000 plus in the in Pride Park. Was it a win, lose, or snore? Oh, 2008. As Rami, I saw Miles Addison score a last minute winner, or yeah, winner against Plymouth, and he celebrated with me. The next game is uh, Sunderland away from home at the Stadium of Light on the 4th of August 2017. Opening day. We watched it, we watched it at Chris's <clears throat> house. I think I know that one. Yeah, and the next one, as you might notice, this is the League One special coming in. Uh, Ipswich Town, thirteenth of February, two thousand and nineteen. The last time Derby County played Ipswich Town before they were relegated. I've got a feeling about that one, but I might be wrong. So we'll find out. That's the game. We'll find out. <laughs> next, uh, next game is uh, Bolton Wanderers, the sixteenth of March, two thousand and two, at the uh, then Reebok Arena or Reebok Stadium, should I say? Two thousand two. Yeah, sixteenth of March, two thousand and two. That was when Derby were getting worse and Bolton were getting better? Or was that pre-Sam Allardyce? Now, uh, Ben suggested a uh, final game of Crew Alexandra, but actually I'm going to have that one for the tiebreaker. So I'm going to put Charlton Athletic in there at Pride Park on the 30th of December 2019. We watched that at your house. What's it's it's literally two years ago. How, how, <laughs> do, how do I not remember that? <laughs> um, what did you think then, Kutch, for uh, Plymouth Argyle? 18th of October 2008 28,000 plus at Pride Park well we played them at home in 2009 in 2009 we won I'm going to guess that we also won in 2008 Anton I've also gone for a win I don't remember the game at all no. but um, yeah. I have to say I don't remember the game either but Paul Green and Rob Hull scored in a 2-1 yes. win so uh, well done points all round there Sunderland on the 4th of August 2017 Anton what do you go for here so I think th- this is the only one that I do remember which will be embarrassing if I get it this wrong, but I've gone for a draw because I Whoa. think it was a what? <laughs> so I've gone for a schnorr. Better. <laughs> I've also gone for a schnorr. Bradley Johnson scored. Lewis Gravett equalised. It was one all. Well done. Not Points sure all round. Get a point for that. Yeah, half a point there. <laughs> two 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 two. Uh, Ipswich Town um, at Portman Road on the thirteenth of February two thousand nineteen. Cutch, what do you go for? 
snore. <laughs> Not a draw. I, I I wasn't sure about this one, but we, we've got a habit of losing against teams who are relegated. So I, I went for a defeat. Well, in fact, Derby scored early. Tom Lawrence scored in the second minute and it was equalised like, uh, in the 55th minute. And it was, in fact, a snore. So 3-2 to, to the Cutch Dog. Uh, Bolton, the 16th of March, 2002. Anton, what do you think? I mean, I, I can't remember 2019. So 2002 yeah. is is um, really uh, struggling for me. But I've, I've gone for a draw. Uh, my logic of Bolton on the, being on the way up and Derby being on the way down, I've gone for a Bolton. So I've gone for Derby lose. Okay, well, fair enough. Um, Anton, fair play to you, because, I mean, you were nine years old when this game happened. This was the last time Derby County won away from home in the Premier League, the 16th Ooh. of March, 2002. Danny Higginbottom good, scored good a penalty, victory, yeah. and uh, we won 3-1. How have you done all this research in, like, 20 minutes? Oh, on the train, while we're holding a curry? <laughs> <laughs> It's the uh, it's a part of his memory, you know, Cutch Dog. Uh, okay, so it's currently 3 2 to Cutch, and we've then got Charlton, 30th of December 2019, um, at Pride Park. Uh, Anton, I think it's you. Win, lose, or storm. Yeah, I, I can't believe I can't remember this, but I've got a feeling that we won. So I've gone for a win. Yeah, I went for a win. I thought we had a mountain off, I thought we won. Oh, what a night. Jason Knight at the brace. And, yeah. Uh, Christian Bielik sent off in a 2-1 victory. Oh, yeah, I Lyle, do remember it. Lyle I do remember it. Penalty. Yeah. Okay, nice work, Kutch. A 4-3 win for you. Well, there you go. Thank you very much to Ben from Pimlico for uh, his inspiration for our win, lose or schnorr tonight. And uh, thank you for Tom and Antoine for well, a great day out and a great pod. Uh, Tom, uh, see you at Millwall Way. Indeed. Yeah, all the best. And I look forward to having a couple more beers with you. And Tom, where are we, where are we going to hit first uh, for Millwall Way, do you think? Two weeks' time. Where are we going to hit first? Uh, yeah, bar well, wise. <laughs> well, I, I think we'll probably have to do the Bermondsey Beer Mile um, and then probably end on the Bermondsey Beer Mile as well. But ho- one can hope that we, we have some away day scenes like we, we did today. Fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure to be with us. Thank you for bearing with us as well, listeners. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Mm-hmm.